you're listening to the Clarify Podcast. I'm Joe Monk, we all know me as so much as built different. Today in the show, we look back at the gruesome stage shows, murderous emperors, penis-based stonemasonry of ancient Rome, and that Florida women can be just as mental as men during tales of elderly disguises and EpiPen assault. We discuss landing on Mars, the imminent rise of artificial intelligence, and Luke's vision of humanity's return to the Stone Age. You can catch us here every Sunday at 7pm. We hope you like it. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Cloud 5, the podcast where five British idiots delve into the latest and strangest in news and pop culture. Before we dive in, some introductions to the cast of irreverent imbeciles will be guiding you through this week in weird news. First up, I am Jack. We've got Brandon. Hello. We have George. Hello. We have Joe. Hello. And we have Luke. Hello. Uh, welcome. Everyone, to uh, episode six of the Cloud Five podcast. We're That's very like excited six to be here. episodes. That's at That's least crazy. six. Uh, yeah. Bang on, Brandon. Nice one. Two hundred and twenty people listening to our podcast, which is uh, awesome. a ridiculous amount. I mean, two hundred um, of those are me just clicking it over and over again. But you know, that's a lot of people listening to our bilge every week. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we are we are delighted to to, to see you here. <laughs> keep sending in messages. Keep sending us. Um, Shit, uh, not actual shit. I'd rather <laughs> not. Shit, but, uh, yeah, don't send do that, that to me. <laughs> <laughs> send that directly to Brandon. He'll deal with all shit-related inquiries. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but also feel free to join in our um, Discord server. I'll be making a note during the episode of things that I need to pop in there. And uh, if you can, if you join our Discord server, you can get insider knowledge. Um, by which I mean just speak to us. <laughs> we or won't be don't. revealing any dark secrets uh, on there. But you can uh, also, we'll also be linking and, and posting the images on there um, of the stuff we talk about in the podcasts. So um, that'll be fun. And we've got a nice little base of people there. Um, so mm. if you if you if that's what you're into, feel free to join. Uh, the link for the Discord will be in our link tree on our social media accounts and also. Uh, in the description of the YouTube video that you may or may not be listening to right now, which is fun. So, without further ado... First up, it's Headliners. The weekly segment where you lot fill in the gaps of the zaniest headlines I can find in the depths of the internet. I love this one. First, Headliner. Ukrainian man invents blank... To get police to clear snow from his road. System. System. Nice. No, that's a... I mean, that would be a, a fairly reasonable guess. But <laughs> Fire. Uh, I'm going uh, realistic today. Call on the cob. What could say... Call on the cob. No, call on the cob unfortunately already exists, Brandon. Um, I say unfortunately, because I don't like it. I don't um, like it either. It's literally just yellow water. <laughs> no, it isn't. That's banana water. It's just like... It's just like you know, you go to KFC and they're like, oh, what order do you want on the side? Do you want these disgusting reheated beans or do you want this stick of corn that you're going to throw in the bin anyway? So like, I get gravy. Uh, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. KFC, KFC gravy. gravy. Or you just dip Definitely. your chips in your Kentucky brew. Nobody buys Kentucky Brew. I'm convinced that they've discontinued Kentucky Brew because it doesn't exist. There's no way that anyone goes to the KFC. Do you know what I'm really here for? Kentucky Brew coffee. I want a disgusting grey I thought broth. it was tea. Is it tea? It's tea. What, I don't brew? know. Brew? Brew sounds like tea. They obviously haven't marketed it very well because I don't know what the fuck it is. I, I went to, The only time I've ever been exposed to Kentucky Brew is walking in and seeing the 
dusty, abandoned Kentucky brew machine. It was probably already broken. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it probably arrived maybe. in half. But then again, that's just the KFC in our area. Anyway, back to the guessing. Uh, <laughs> it is a system of some kind, but the, the headliner is not system. Uh, it's quite a wacky concept. A Ukrainian man invents blank to get police Flame to clear thrower. snow from his own. It, is what? it world peace? Yeah, I was going to say fire. No, no. <laughs> Uh, guys, I have to, I have to break it to you. Uh, fire exists, uh, as does a yeah, flame not thrower. not to Ukrainians though. You ever seen a Ukrainian on fire? I haven't, I haven't actually seen it in my own two eyes. Does it? It's not in my power to dispute that because I haven't seen yeah. a burning Ukrainian man. Therefore, I cannot say that the Ukrainians have invented <laughs> I fire. Yeah, I, I wonder I what he invented. Did he like invent like? A snow plow, but the snow plow is made out of more snow plows. So like oh, more... oh, oh! I have an idea. Do you? he? He puts like a plow on the front of the police car secretly, and it drives Ooh. up to his drive and clears all the snow. That is That's smart. smart. Well, George, I can tell you that you are the closest so far because the Hell story yeah. does involve police, and it does involve the man wanting the police to plow his road. However, the actual headliner is. Ukrainian man invents murder to get police to clear snow from his road. Invents a murder? Now, he didn't create the concept of murder in Ukraine. This is a recent <laughs> news story. Now, nobody ever got murdered in Ukraine until yeah. that but man hey, decided to, to No one in now. Ukraine has died of anything other than natural causes. Uh, no, uh, a <laughs> Ukrainian dude falsely confessed to the murder of his still-living family member in order to get his road ploughed. He said he'd stabbed his mother's partner in the chest and warned police to come with a snowplough because there was no other way to get to him. When police arrived in an SUV, not with a plough, unfortunately, so all that wasted they discovered the relative was at the house but unharmed and the quote-unquote killer immediately confessed to making a fake call the man faces a fine of get this up to 119 hryvnias which is the equivalent of three pounds oh my god (laughs) a small price to pay for a cleared road yeah well he didn't even get a cleared road so oh yep so all of that for nothing what a shame I was going to say can't he just like pour lighter fluid everywhere and just light it on fire they haven't invented it yet have they yeah, but we just invented it for them. Yeah, Brandon, you idiot. They haven't invented fire. Yeah. Were you not listening? So, second headliner. Rare Roman blank found in Cambridgeshire. This one's quite close to home for us. Penis. <laughs> gladius. Armour. A gladius would be a cool discovery, and so would armour. Yeah. But Brandon got it head on. What? Was it a penis carved into stone? Yep, it was. It was a penis carving what? found in Cambridgeshire. My dad a, sent me this. A, oh, did he? Ah, <laughs> yeah. excellent. Well, he, he's, a, he's a very well-informed man. A highly significant, quote-unquote highly significant, carved Roman phallus was found on a broken millstone along the... <laughs> it's so funny. It's funny. It's found on a broken millstone along the A14 between 2017 and 2018. However, it's only just been put back together, revealing the penis. Uh, <laughs> It's one of only four known examples of Romano-British millstones decorated in this way. They loved penises um, in all so, ways. Phallic images were seen as an important image of strength and virility in the Roman world. So uh, they mm. loved, a, loved a bit of penises. In fact, legionaries would wear penis amulets with little wings on to give them good luck before battle around their neck. Have you seen the actual picture of the millstone? Yeah, I have like, seen it. It's quite a, it is, quite a large It's peen. chody, isn't it? Not chody, <laughs> oh. girthy. Girthy, yeah. that's the word. Girthy. It is large, yeah. Chody. Uh, Does um, it lean to the left or to the right? Depends on the Dance. perspective, doesn't it? 
Was it wait? Was it an erect one or was it a flaccid one? Uh, well, it's quite well. Unless it wasn't, it was carved into stone. So, so it's pretty. Answer the, the question, Jack. The difference between and it, and it's it's, uh. it's like it's like one of the penises that kids draw in schools. So they draw the balls and then the penis sticking out. It's a kind of it's neither erect nor flaccid because it's pointing ah. down and yet also long. So I have a couple like, of those in my old GCSE poetry anthology. I'm sure you do. <laughs> But yeah, the the Romans they had no qualms about penises. I actually went to Hadrian's Wall, and there was a um, obviously a, a segment there of Hadrian's was a penis Wall, there. and there was a penis there, not a real penis, a carving of a penis. <laughs> it was on the floor, um, <laughs> and it wasn't in the bathhouse, which is where you might expect penises to be. But we were walking along, and uh, on the floor, literally uh, and there it uh, was like a, 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 a square stone tile with a with a penis on it it's amazing more on romans later there's a lot of stuff about romans to talk about this week good third headliner as per recent tradition this is a double headliner oh Oh, yeah there are two blanks it's too hard an army of blank has been deployed to battle blank inside a british stately home an army of ferrets has been deployed to attack a group of um, Elderly women. Well, I was thinking more like <laughs> escaped children. What would be the rationale behind those two guesses? The children have escaped and from where? The, the beneath world. <laughs> the crypt. From the vestry. Yeah, the children have escaped, and the the owners of the stately home. They're like, oh no, our children. They're out. Got to get the ferrets. <laughs> they're gone. They're all. They run over. They run over to their like secret, secret room. They pull down like the book on their bookcase, and a room appears, and like thousands of ferrets just swarm out, <laughs> and they like go find the children. <laughs> and your then... mind is meant this. This you need to get something checked, Brandon. <laughs> your mind no. is a dark no, place. You... Brandon sees the truth. I have to say, Brandon, you may be surprised to hear that you are not correct. <laughs> Gonna make it cranked. Yeah. Um. The it's first blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first blank is two words: an adjective and a noun. So they've deployed horny ferrets. Horny ferrets. Have <laughs> <laughs> been to, have been deployed to battle what? Battle, not find or attack. Battle. Battle. Horny ferrets to battle non-horny single ferrets. women in your area. Wait, where is it, Jack? Is it a home? It's 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 Norfolk, British oh, stately right. home uh, in Norfolk. Is it like ants? Is it like wasps or something? You're right on one count. An army of parasitic wasps has been deployed to battle moths inside a British stately home. It's not as good as ferrets. Yeah, not quite as good as ferrets, Jack. Well, Blickling Hall in Norfolk, East England, has been unable to contain an invasion of clothes moths, which can damage carpets and furniture and clothing, etc. Managers are planning to release a bunch of microscopic parasitic wasps into the building. The wasps (laughs) are called, and Luke will like this because it's binomial nomenclature, or nomenclature, that's the one. (laughs) The wasps are called Trichogramma evanescence, Measuring about 0.5 millimetres and are barely visible to humans. They search <gasps> out moth eggs and lay their own eggs inside them. So a new wasp hatches instead of a moth larva. Once the mission Yuck. is complete, the wasps will eventually die and disappear into the house dust. All oh, right. 
I was going to say, that'd be really awkward cool. if you're like, haha, we've got rid of the moths, but uh-oh, now there's wasps. Yeah, now we appear to have a wasp infestation. Now it's time to release all the, the parasitic cats. No, 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 <laughs> ferrets. Parasitic moths to kill them. Do ferrets <laughs> eat wasps? I don't know. I'm I'm honestly, the, why would The they? diet of a ferret. Possibly, uh... Humans. <laughs> Humans. <laughs> Humans. One of my fondest memories, I was out camping with my grandparents and family, and we, we were walking out of the caravan park, and there was a bloke um, walking by with a flat cap on and three ferrets on a lead that he was walking ahead of him. Oh, I had yeah, some like, like ferrets, like they walk their dogs. Yeah, um, cool. I find myself imagining what that guy's life is like and what what, what crazy menagerie he lives in at home. <laughs> he goes home and like feeds his ostrich. I was once at a old military base. It's kind of like those cool ones. It's kind of like um, Duxford, kind of an Imperial right. War Museum. And basically, um, I was at one of these places and I was walking around after looking at this like really big plane display. I was like, whoa. And I saw the this couple and they were both sat in wheelchairs like sort of like electric wheelchairs and i noticed they had something like two like little things on leads i walked closer to look and they were basically walking lizards oh. and, and this couple that is take so cool these couple like take their little lizards out um, wherever they go and they just sit there in little leads and stuff and it's so cool i got in trouble for getting my lizard out <laughs> i told you about that jack if you have any headliners for us, tweet us at Cloud5Cast using the hashtag Cloud5 or email us at cloud5cast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We have some stuff to uh, chat about today. That's, it, uh -oh. it's, it's not as serious as it sounds. It's like, sit down, talk, talk, talk me about your feet. <laughs> uh, well, first up, a message from a listener asking us all, <laughs> what is our most embarrassing moment? This is addressed to all of us. I know exactly what my most embarrassing moment was. Please share. Year 7 science class. Oh, yeah, 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 I it remember this. It was a year this. 7 science class. <laughs> and Miss asked a question. The answer was esophagus. For some reason, my mind went to fallopian tubes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I said in front Magical. of everyone. Oh, I hate it when my turkey goes down my fallopian tubes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think most people know, like, I do a lot of things that could be classed as an embarrassing moment. Um, <laughs> That's, that if I can that name might one, be I'll putting name... it slightly lightly. Yeah, I'll, I'll name one. I'll, I'll be slightly related to Luke's uh, science class one, because this happened in a science class when we were looking at um, reproductive systems. And I'll sat Always there. a good combination. I was sat there looking at a picture of a vagina. Unrelated to the lesson content. <laughs> <laughs> You're in maths. <laughs> no, no, this was in science. This is in science. We're doing reproduction. And I went to the teacher. Ah, and I was like, sorry, Miss, um, why do women moan when they have sex? Why did you ask that question? And oh, why, gosh. Brandon? Oh my. And then at first, science teacher was like, How do you know that? And I was just like, uh, and then she looked me right in the eye and she went, because of the pleasure. Whoa. <laughs> that was your most embarrassing moment, do you think? Was it secondhand embarrassment because a teacher looked at you in dead in the eyes and said, we moan for the pleasure, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, it's that or like, <laughs> we. Do, do you remember when we were doing Beauty and the Beast, Jack? And I do. that one um, Maison de Lune show where I stacked it 
And then you, at the same show, you threw your costume at an um, audience member. <laughs> Not the entire costume. I think it's important to note. I didn't just. <laughs> you I didn't strip just... down <laughs> and threw it at the audience. I didn't like drag it off like a like like pull it off like Velcro trousers like in a Magic Mike concert. It was it was. <laughs> I played Gaston, so I had one of those little gold braces on my um on my wrists and they were really loose on my mm. wrists so and and they were tied up with velcro so it really really wasn't much going on to to hold it there and i threw out my arms at the end of the song and the bracer flew off my arm and into the audience as the lights went down. And I, and I think that just before the blackout, I, I threw the thing and then looked in horror and my face kind of slackened and then the lights went out. It was beautiful. That, to us, that, was, a, that was a fun experience. It's delightful. I don't know what I think my most embarrassing moment of all time is because I feel like you tend to shut them out in your brain and lock them yeah, in some forget. dark place. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I know re- related to, to Luke's one, I did shout out, um, it, uh, there is an animal, a lizard in a desert <laughs> called a thorny devil. <laughs> and I That's mistook that for what for a horny devil, which is an entirely different beast. Uh, <laughs> the ferret. So I shouted that. That wasn't the too far. But I, I don't think the was, ferret army. I don't think that was my most embarrassing moment. I think my most embarrassing moment in recent memory was an improv audition we had to do. So we were auditioning for the college play, um, or a college play, and a, a huge part of the audition process was improv. And most of yeah. it was fine until we had to do like we had to like improvise a Britney Spears hit me baby one more time Ugh, display. Oh baby baby. You can hear from my voice that Britney Spears is not in my range. And it was just <laughs> a disaster. I wanted to hurl myself onto the upturned chairs like a like a Did you get dramatic. It? It, it didn't really go ahead. Like everything kind of went weird because oh, of right, COVID. Yeah, COVID. We got put in another lockdown again and <laughs> what was hilarious about it actually was because my drama teacher actually fought my corner, which was really cool of him because um, the guy who was running the audition was like, I was feeling a bit of resistance from Jack. And I was like, yeah, I want to fucking why. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard, our, our amazing drama teacher, said uh, he, he kind of said, no, you know, Jack's Jack's great. You know, he's he's loves drama and all that stuff. And he'd love to be a part of it. So he offered to, to bring me in for a re-audition. And I, I said, I don't. I, I, I kind of, it was, I had a lot going. Obviously we were planning for like, exams and stuff and and all of that stuff was going on and i just didn't feel like subjecting myself to torture again would be a, a get my get my mind in the right you yeah know, area to be honest i don't know i don't th- think i have yeah like you said i don't think i have like a, a really big oh my god the biggest embarrassing moment ever i don't think i've had that many hmm. but one was i still remember it i was I, I it was in the cafeteria at school and i um i just got my chips big portion of chips i was like i can't wait to go play football yeah and i absolutely stacked it on the way out oh, no. and my chips just flew but I, <laughs> to be fair i did have a brownie which i caught in my left hand oh nice brilliant out. you saved the day but um it was bad there was a lot of popular people that saw me do that so oh, I, had to, I had to slink off to and, the football pitch and and the fact fantastic like all the seagulls like, yeah, yeah, flying at you. yeah luckily i didn't get shot on were you there when like one like when the birds would just like enter the cafeteria and like everyone would be running around trying to get them back out <laughs> 
our school to, to anyone who didn't go there. It sounds like an absolute fucking shithole. <laughs> it was just that the canteen was very nice. It was just the fact that the uh, the seagulls knew how to get in. And not how to get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is all our secondary school. And like in the summer, when it was really hot, we'd all go and eat on the field. And the seagulls were like the devils of the field. They, like you'd they... be walking with your chips and you'd hear the cry and everyone would be like, Run! Yeah, the thing is, our school is is isn't really near um, a seaside of any kind. So the seagulls would have to fu- like migrate across England to reach us because in and the summer because there they knew on a Friday they knew that the people there would that, that the, the 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 army of chips would be would be marching out onto the fields ripe for the plucking. Do you know what I mean? The seagulls <laughs> would fly down and, and and bombard people. It was crazy. It was like a war zone. Also, uh, on the subject of Roman penises and embarrassing onstage moments, um, the ancient Roman dramatists brought a new meaning to the term stage fright. If the script called for the death of one of the characters, the actor would sometimes be replaced at the last minute with a convicted murderer or rapist who would then oh be actually God. killed on stage. Oh, <laughs> oh my uh, God. I've got some examples for you. So the the ancient uh, Greeks were a bit more reserved about live murder, but the Romans had no such compulsion for decorum. For example, are you guys familiar with the story of Orpheus? Nope, never. He's heard a of mythological him. figure. Can't have been that famous. I've never heard of him. I know Hades Town, but I'm not sure how like relevance, how much relevance, and like truth, like is in Hades Town. Is the story of Orpheus? Well, so basically, Orpheus was a mythical figure who was a master musician who famously lost his wife Eurydice to a snake bite, and kind of ventured down to Hades in an effort to retrieve her. Orpheus died in his own way when he was torn to shreds by female myonads for not honouring his previous patron Bacchus, the god of wine. Uh, Incidentally, (laughs) another story has it that a bunch of women who had been spurned by Orpheus due to his liking for exquisite boys threw sticks and stones while he played his music, but the song was so beautiful the sticks and stones refused to hit him, so the women ripped him apart in an orgiastic frenzy. But uh, Orgiastic? I I digress. I didn't even know that orgiastic was a word. Wait, wait, wait. Orgiastic is a word. What, what, what do you mean exquisite boys? Um, well, Orpheus displayed some, um, you know... Dodgy. Some, yes, some some inclination towards uh, young lads, but so did many uh, people in, in ancient Greece and ancient Rome. It, was, it was, wasn't oh, as frowned upon as it is today. It wasn't as much of a taboo, actually. Um, wasn't Julius Caesar gay? Uh, well, sexuality wasn't quite the same in Roman uh, in the, in ancient Greeks and Romans times. Yeah, um, they were the sexuality was very fluid. People would sleep with men and women. People would dress up as men and women. They would so do it was easier back then, wasn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, the reason I bring up this story of Orpheus um, is because when the Colosseum was originally built in uh, in 80 CE, they used elaborate sets depicting cliffs and woods from under the Colosseum's floor where a bunch of wild animals ran. The irony of the performance was that Orpheus could charm any beast, no matter how savage, what with the beauty of his music. The criminal who was doomed to play Orpheus in the performance unfortunately failed to move the wild bear facing him and was promptly ripped to pieces in front of a live audience. <laughs> I'd love to Which go and watch like, a Roman play. Because like, I've seen uh, Sha- a lot of Shakespeare. Shakespeare's good. Like, like imagine imagine like watching Macbeth with like that, like 
sort of spoilers. Yeah. It's a bit old. At the end of Macbeth. Spoilers. It's a five hundred year old play. At the end, the end of Macbeth, where he gets uh, beheaded. Imagine if that was like an actual guy, and like you just sit yeah. there, and then they just like rip his head off. You would run low on actors quite quickly, I think. Well, no, no. I mean, like you use. Mm. Then again, you don't really have death row anymore, do you? In some places, but I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think there has been a, even on death row there has been a shift towards more humane policies and methods of execution rather than throwing them onto a stage dressed up in a costume, forced to act out the entire play of Macbeth, and then promptly decapitated in front of everybody, mm. or torn apart by a bear. Um, this this guy uh, Marshall also mentions a popular play about a bandit called Loriolus who was crucified. The organisers decided crucifixion was a bit too time-consuming, so once the performers popped on the cross, they'd bring out a bear to speed up the process a bit. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, oh imagine yeah. just like getting crucified and like, nah, take it too long. Get the bear. Bring out the bear. They bring did out have the ferrets. A lot of the a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> the horny ferrets. They're coming. All of that discussion about Romans. That leads up to our first story this week in Weird, where, by some magical coincidence, an element of these Roman death plays has carried over into a more intimate scenario this week in Alaska. Mm. I present to you this headline. Alaska woman using outhouse attacked by bear from below. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, how? How? What does that mean, from below? Did it, like, dig up? Like a mole? A bear? tunneling bear bear had obviously found... He's obviously made a nest in her outhouse to to escape from the cold, and she sat down and was immediately bitten on the rump by a bear. That sounds like some, (laughs) like, weird cutscene you'd, like, randomly encounter in Red Dead Redemption 2. 100%. Like, you're just walking through the Grizzlies and you just hear screaming as some dude's getting minced by a bear in his (laughs) toilet. (laughs) It's truly... I mean, out of all things to find in your toilet, the worst thing... I mean, I would say a spider would be the worst. Or a snake, right? Those are the worst things. Elvis Presley. Uh, um... (laughs) Oh, my God. Why do you say that? Because he died on the toilet. Yeah, I know, but it, yeah, he but wasn't he sucked under. He wasn't no. sucked into the sewage system, and now and now plagues all of all of the world as a ghost. The well, toilet he just got ghost. into the toilet, and then there's just Elvis, and he's just like he, he pops up. Social. He pops up like singing Jailhouse Rock, and you you're cowering against the wall, <laughs> naked, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Still to come, we identified this week's Florida man. We discussed the implications of the rise of artificial intelligence. Luke guides us through the perseverance's history historic landing on Mars, and we close out with everyone's favourite true or false game, Factoids. Can you identify the bollocks? Bollocks. Now for our surprisingly successful Florida Man segment, in which the most absurd area in America offers us a regular source of entertainment. For the latest in our forays into Floridians' frequent follies, Brandon brings us this week's Florida Man. We're going to Miami today. This is quite an interesting one because it actually takes place in a courthouse. Oh, God. Florida men do not fare well in courthouses, in my experience. Well, it isn't actually titled Florida Man. It's actually titled something different, but it still makes sense. Miami lawyer whose pants caught fire during arson trial arrested on cocaine (laughs) charge. (laughs) Oh, that is amazing. What the hell? So much happening in there. There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) So a lawyer who was in an arson trial, his trousers, or as Americans call them, pants, caught on fire, and then he was arrested on cocaine charges. He was a liar. 
So his pants caught on fire. Hey, it lies. Yeah, obviously he said something. He he may have said an untruth, which caused his pants to ignite. Exactly. Yeah, lie, lie, pants on fire. Precisely, yeah. Joe. Yeah. Wait, so so can we can we can we? I, I'd love to hear the context for it, but before we do, can we please take a moment to address the beautiful irony of an arson trial, and. <laughs> literally spontaneously combusting <laughs> during that he was so guilty he just burst into flames he couldn't hide it that's his confession <laughs> yeah so basically this uh, miami lawyer he drew worldwide attention after his pants caught on fire during an arson trial he was pulled over monday night and according to the police report the officer thought oh there's a bulge in his trousers in his pocket um, I think it's a knife. Uh, and it turned well, out to be a metal cylinder with white powder inside. And the lawyer just looked him right in the eye and like blurted out, that's cocaine. Oh, wow. Amazing oh, work. Why did he go to trial then? I mean, basically, like in he, his pants caught on fire in March 2017 and he was arrested for cocaine charges like on oh. Monday. And they have been burning since. Well, basically... Um, <laughs> just been standing there in the courtroom. Yeah. So basically, he was representing a Florida man who was accused of torching his own car for insurance money. The what lawyer the was hell? basically arguing to jurors that the blaze might have been caused by spontaneous combustion when flames and smoke began billowing from his trousers. There is no way that's real. And that he, can't be that real. Is amazing. Basically, he went running Allow out Allow me to demonstrate. <laughs> He went running out of the courtroom <laughs> as um, the spectators just watched as he's set on fire. And he was blaming oh, um, an electronic cigarette igniting in his pocket at a coincidental time. That's but so hilarious. The what explosive end to a story, am I right? Well, hey. Oh, oh Joe's <laughs> back with a vengeance. Well, hey. They were calling it a stunt, of dem- like a stunt or demonstration to illustrate the feasibility of spontaneous combustion. <laughs> right. Then it does happen, even though it was planned and therefore not <laughs> spontaneous. Yes, yeah, so basically the dude does cocaine. Calculated so combustion. We've got a lot of other Florida men this week. Um, oh, dude, multiple Florida... We're in for a treat. Multiple Florida men. Brace yourselves, viewers. Gird thy loins. They are so girded. Like, they are thick. So this is one Jack sent him. So you know it's going to be good because Jack seems to find very good Florida-related articles. <laughs> what from I The say? Guardian. Yeah. Florida women, no, Florida women wear granny disguise to try and get COVID vaccine. I'm so... sure it was absolutely foolproof. <laughs> I haven't read this article, by the way, so so I, I would love to hear your thoughts on it, Brendan. I've read up on this a little bit. And basically, uh-huh. it's two Florida women aged about 10 years apart, 34 and 44. And they were wearing bonnets and gloves in a failed attempt to pass as old. Oh, amazing. So, like, imagine, like, these two people wearing bonnets and gloves... Do they think it's the 19th century? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, they're going to show up. Mildred, would you like to play a game of balderdash? <laughs> yeah. yeah, trying to disguise themselves as an old man. They put on like a nightshirt and one of those silly like floppy hats that Scrooge wears. Carry on, uh-huh. carry on a little little candle on a saucer. <laughs> mm, I'm going to eat my gruel. Please, gruel. I, I need the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Please, spin it. They succeeded their first shot. So because obviously no uh, way! The, the way the vaccine works is you have to get a like for like a starter shot and then you get a booster like two months later I think or two weeks later one of the yeah 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 um, did they so, was, oh that's the classic mistake I bet that they did their disguise really well the first time around and then the next time around they were like yeah dude it's fine we got them totally last time and then they got a bit sloppy maybe they forgot the bonnet 
all the gloves. They forgot the candlestick. They forgot the candlestick, yeah. <laughs> they had like, actual valid cards to show that they had their first ones, but they were denied their second ones. But, like, I don't understand oh, how that works, because if you've had the first one, like, what's going to happen to the second one? Does this Death. mean, like, they're going to, like, they're lose gonna die. immunity or something? Yeah, no, they're dead. They get That's coronavirus it. and die. If yeah. you actually get the first vaccine and not the second one, you explode. Mm-hmm. That's true. See? See? Seal of approval from Resident Science Corner. <laughs> well, they were basically they were given like warnings for trespass, and no other action was taken. Final Florida man. Was well, a Florida woman? Oh, another Florida woman. Yeah, really, really like um, bringing some equality into this today. I love it. <laughs> so, Florida woman stabs sister with EpiPen because she's allergic to drunks. Please say what? Someone allergic to drunks. <laughs> Yeah, so a Florida woman stabbed her sister with an EpiPen as the two were drinking together because she's allergic to drunks. Um, Oh my god. What sort of reason is that? What if they were, like, so they were sat opposite each other, having a laugh, having a giggle, and suddenly one of the, like, the sister who stabbed her, her eyes just go dark, and she grabs the pen and jams it into her leg. Leaps over the table. (laughs) Yeah, flies happening. (laughs) Lunges with it. What happened? They were drinking together. The sister told the officers that they'd been drinking together and at some point she got tired and wanted to go to sleep while um, the Florida woman, I'm not even going to try and spell her name, say her name, basically she stayed up and continued drinking. So the records show that the victim said that uh, the Florida woman went crazy and attacked her with the EpiPen, stabbing her multiple times, including her left thigh where a welt had formed. Oh no. So it wasn't um, violent. It wasn't like she was like, oh, you're allergic to drunks. Ha ha ha, you're drunk. EpiPen. It was like, <laughs> it was a frenzied attack. So the Florida woman claims that she was allergic to drunks, so she injected her sister so she wouldn't be drunk anymore. Quote, unquote, <laughs> what's the big deal? Um, oh my. I can feel my brain cells dying well, when I hear stuff like this. <laughs> I know EpiPens give adrenaline. I'm not sure what else they give, like, to, like, reduce the, like, allergic reaction. Uh, I don't know if you know. I have no idea. Well, basically, yeah. So, basically, um, when the first responders (laughs) arrived on scene, uh, luckily the victim wasn't injected with any medication because the way that she was holding, like, the Florida woman was holding the EpiPen. Well, yeah, lucky she wasn't injected with anything. She's only just bleeding out from multiple stab wounds. And um, <laughs> so, and finally, to uh, to round it off, uh, she basically the records show that this Florida woman had been violent in the past, and she wanted to press charges. So, Good. a woman whose name is Zelinsky, right? She's sixty-two years old, and she was arrested on a battery domestic violence charge. Good. I would press charges if my sister attacked me with an epipen and stabbed me multiple times in the leg for <laughs> no reason. Well, Brandon. That was a magical Florida, uh, multiple, I was going to say Florida man, that was a wonderful segment uh, of Florida people that you gave to us there. Florida persons. One day, one day, I'm going to find a Florida baby. Actually, no, I feel like that'd be really sad most of the time. I feel like you may want to rephrase that statement. (laughs) But I want to find a Florida baby. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean. In the wild. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go to hunt down and capture a Florida no, no, no. baby. You gotta go to the Florida outback and you just throw down some like baby food and like with like that cool little net. Like thing. bait. Yeah, no, yeah you bait it out. out. And then the baby, the baby will like emerge from the swamp 
like and then she'll get in the um in the net and then you catch her and then you take her home and grill it (laughs) you grill it yeah you grill it put a bit of salt yeah obviously obviously you You don't cool dinner time you don't baste it you fool you grill it well no you can baste it (laughs) flambe Oh my god. <laughs> Long pay. Right, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> also this week in Weird, I stumbled across a story that reminded me of a loose end from a previous episode. This headliner. New AI Ramanujan machine uncovers hidden patterns in numbers. So it's a new AI that can generate novel mathematical ideas in need of proof. So it can, like, seek out mathematical problems that haven't yet been proved but could be proved, that are, are likely true. So basically it's just proved. a big nerd. It's a nerd. Cool. Well, it was named after a supreme nerd. Oh, who was it? Indian mathematician named Srinivasa Ramanujan, who was a child prodigy born in 1887, who came up with many f- mathematical conjectures, proofs, and solutions. Is he the one from India? To equations that have never before been solved. Well, he was Indian, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a film about him. Is there? There is. He was only the second Indian man to be inducted into the Royal Society London in 1918, two years before his death of a very complex illness at the age of 32. Ramanujan represented a fascinating conjunction of science and religion. As a deeply devout Hindu, he credited his mathematical capacities to his family goddess. He once said, an equation for me has no meaning unless it expresses a thought from God. Wow. What? What I don't understand, mm. right? And this might be because I'm not very good at numbers. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't understand the idea of like, oh, let's, let's let's try and find a new mathematical theory. Like, what what does that actually do? But in fairness, I have to agree with Brandon in that if there is a mathematical theorem that has to be actively sought out in order to be solved, is it is there much point in solving it? Because people will encounter mathematical theorems. Uh, in the process of doing some engineering or some science or, you know, biology or any of that stuff, right? But a machine that, like, deliberately hunts for things that might be true and need proving, it's just giving people... It's just like a... Is it not hunting for stuff in incomplete proofs, though? Is that that what it is? Or Mm -hmm. is it just, like, finding stuff in numbers because it can? I don't know. I think it might be that, but I, I haven't. Oh, that's right. all I've. That's all I, I found in the article. But so it's a useless nerd. Once <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a quadratic equation in GCSE maths, and um, I, I didn't do it very well, and I ended up getting my answer as ten equals eight. <laughs> um, and, ten uh, equals eight. Wow! It does. Yeah, it ten does. equals eight. Ten equals I don't eight. see a problem, Brandon. <laughs> I don't yeah. see an issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, this story about the nerd engine reminded me <laughs> idiot of engine. something that happened. No, the opposite <laughs> of an idiot engine. He was a very, very intelligent man. Um, but in episode four, we talked about the chimpanzee stone age, and we also touched <laughs> on the rise of AI, but ultimately put it off due to you know timing issues. So with this funky new machine in our headlines this week. What do you guys reckon about the rise of AI? I'll go to Luke first, because Luke is our resident science Ooh. man. The rise of AI. Okay, I have two very contrasting opinions. Okay. The first one, which is kind of like my inner 
dystopian future. I just want us to become hunter gatherers again. I think that'd be, you know, <laughs> mammoth. Find berry, eat berry, get ill, die. Oh, yeah. Find blueberry, uh, Kill guess. mammoth. Yeah. Beat person. Eat person. We'll see. Shit on wife. <laughs> Punch wife. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be like that. It just Punch doesn't. Wife. Like, if, if we do, oh my god! If we do become hunter gatherers nowadays, we don't like go back millions of years in like our language skills. We, we're, we're not like, all oh, right, Dave. I'm just, I'm just about to become a hunter gatherer. It's like two minutes later, Bertie. I see Berry. Yeah, you're crossing the street, and you go, and on the way, it's like, "Hi, Dave, I'm off to the uh, hunter gatherer convention. I'll, uh, I'll see you later on the way back." And then they cross later in the street, and the the guy has converted into this like shaggy, hideous, dirt covered <laughs> beast with a jutting, with a jutting forehead and jaw, yeah. and he like looks, at, <laughs> and, he, and Dave's like, "You're right, Michael. How are you doing?" And he just looks at me, and starts going. <laughs> Uh, 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 and starts like screaming at him, and, and yeah, so Dave like has to run. His clothes off him, like, <laughs> like, starts like throwing bits of flint at him. Like, like, <laughs> face <laughs> oh my god! Um, but but on the other hand, um, I also see it as a really cool thing. If we're gonna try and make a sustainable future and everything, AI could be a massive help in that. That's true, a hundred percent. Um, all we have to do is make sure it doesn't kill us all. Yeah, um, you've got to be nice to it. Well, f- before I come to the other guys, I'll give you some reference about some stuff that AI has been used to do in modern times. Uh, Flippy, the burger-flipping robot, can grill between <laughs> 150 to 300 burgers per hour. What? He was. <laughs> I know. He was put to the test at a California burger joint, but let go after two days due to complaints from his colleagues that they were unable to assemble the burgers as Flippy could grill them. Wow! Oh, no. they, they couldn't. This they were not fast enough. He was enough. too good. He was too good at burger flipping. He's too powerful. That's one. There's also a London-based uh, company called Intelligent X, which sells the world's first beer brewed by AI. You can make an account, choose your beer preference, train their algorithm by using their platform to tell them what appeals to your palate and what doesn't, and voila, you have your own personalised beer. That is cool. And uh, also, probably on the more groundbreaking side of things, there's an app, uh, a thing called There's Waldo, or Wally to UK listeners, an AI that uses a plastic hand and complex facial recognition technology to filter a page and locate potential Wallys. If it determines a match <laughs> of 95% or higher, it'll slam its plastic hand on Wally's face really fast. <laughs> wow. Okay. You will be able to find... Sure, I think that takes away the fun of the Wally book, if you just give it to a robot and the robot where's starts, Osama? And the robot starts <laughs> punching the where's Wally book. Where's Osama bin Laden? Okay, yeah. I'll, okay, I'll talk about the where's Osama bin Laden. Yes, I, I was they on have holiday in Inverness and we found in the bookshelf a book entitled "Where's Bin Laden." And it was a book about locating <laughs> Bin Laden. And I don't know it? how old the book was. Probably back when Bin Laden was a bit more relevant. And alive. And, and, and alive. <laughs> and uh, and I, I have to say, I found Bin Laden. Wow. Found him. Nice. I, I did. And all his men. Which is fun. But anyway, what do you guys think about AI? Uh, um, I think it's good, but also bad. <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> I think Thank it's you. great because Thank AI you, can always be trusted to make the most logical decisions. Therefore, there's no like human imperfections. So we might as well use it. 
Dude, yeah. you're sounding very much like Commander Spock right now. Well, <laughs> uh, it's true though, because they'll be like perfect, like too perfect. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah. is though, they'll be better right than choice, us. So. They'll like take too... a load of jobs, like. Well, exactly, was... like Flipper the Burger, Flippy the Burger Man, Flipper could... the Burger, <laughs> Flippy the Burger Flipping Robot can can outperform human beings. Well, Good. I think personally, like there is a line because I was talking to my dad about this, and like AI has far surpassed like human intelligence like ai is now like very 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 powerful but at the same time like where do you draw the line between having a sort of humans do manual labor or implementing a robot that can do it perfectly get robots to be cheaper as well because you just got to buy the robot you have to pay it yeah but then at the same time like is that just going to fuel the sort of the wealth sort of crisis and like poverty like problem that the world no, faces. Nobody has to work. Shame. It's all just be done by robots. Be simple. And then we can all Ro- go and be cavemen in peace. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sort of the thing is us. though, like with AI though, like it is just like oh, like this AI has to do like this very specific job. AI isn't like human as such, where it has free will yet. If yeah, that it happens, can't. there have been incidents where people have thought, oh, the AI is taking over. There was a Facebook chatbot. And, and Facebook had two chatbots talking to each other and they oh, actually yeah. had to shut them down because they started <laughs> communicating in a language that only they could understand. But also as well, though, you know, there was a guy, one of the founding fathers of AI, I think his name was Joseph Wein something, Joseph Weinzenbergen or something like that. He invented, I, I, I will look up his name and put him in the Discord link so that you guys can actually know what the shit I'm talking about. Um, but he was one of the founding fathers of AI and he started to take a more critical stance after he noticed that the AI bot that he created called Eliza had started to take on a kind of psychiatrist role. So so his secretary and stuff started to actually emotionally connect with the robot, which was talking to it, it like a like a warm, friendly psychiatrist. Mm. And I, I think I think the, the, the point he realized was when he wanted his secretary to talk to the, the thing and the secretary asked him to leave the room. Oh, but 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 like you say brandon those are isolated incidents where an ai has been programmed to do a certain thing and it does it very well yeah ai still can't reach the same level of complexity that is the human mind well i think ai is kind of like how we are in a way where it matures it learns like i've seen i'm a neural net processor (laughs) it's coming well i've seen um it's going to make me sound kind of kind of sad because it is actually it's something I saw sort of theorised on an anime. Uh, <laughs> but it Brandon, makes sense. Brandon's broadcasting from his from his metal caravan on a mountain with full of conspiracy theories at the moment. No, no, no. it makes no, <laughs> it radar kind dish of makes on top. Sense. I've seen <laughs> they were basically talking about like why wouldn't it make more sense if you were trying to create true AI to raise it as if it is a newborn and aging up so it learns as if a human would. But why? Why would you want to do that? So you program like a... But then the AI would would have to learn... Because you can't raise a computer like a baby because a, 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 a computer doesn't have a brain development like a baby the brain is an exceedingly complex organ to the point where not even human beings understand the brain Mm. fully 
I don't totally. think that. I think I think there's there's something. I, I I hear what you're saying in terms of, of of helping an AI learn, starting with very little and building up its knowledge yeah. so that it seems to have the kind of facets of knowledge like a human being does. But um, I don't think it would it would be able to. You'd be able to raise it like a baby because it'd be great. It'd be cool if you gave it a little physical body that you could rock around and treat like a baby. But the great thing about the AI was if if it started to get too self aware, you could throw it out the window without feeling too much. Moral. <laughs> yeah, you could just get a hammer and whack it. <laughs> the thing is though, like, why do we? throw out when it becomes like software like surely is that drawing a line at a point where we're just afraid yeah yeah we should be afraid and and i think they wouldn't throw it out the window they would probably keep it alive and and experiment to the best of their ability because thus is the nature of science and eventually the baby would grow into a very large uh, muscular robot who would um who would (laughs) oh no teen stage as well yeah start theorizing on how to overthrow the human populace and then we can all go be cavemen again amen to that jack Thank you, Luke. I just don't... I, I mean, I don't know how, like, AI... Because there's very different types of AI. Because there's AI that is very specific, like, flip burgers. And then there's AI that's, like, learn how to do this, Sex create robot, this, and then they end up right. creating their own language. Sex yeah. robot. But, like, Sex what... what? Robot. Sex robot. But the chatbot yeah. can't move, for instance, and it can't... It can't... Just give it legs on. It can't kind of... It, you know, it's that that... It's like a... You know that you know? Do you remember that game online called like Eevee Bot or whatever that you could talk to? Oh yeah. It? And e- that was so flawed, wasn't it? I mean, it's it's so broken. Genius um, is what it is. They they take like there's they have there are bots that can like auto create tweets as if it's like a real thing, but actually it isn't. I'm sure the language that they were talking to each other in isn't decipherable at all. When 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 it's when the the way the story is phrased makes it sound like they're plotting but no they're yeah. probably just what it means is they the, i don't think they know what they're talking about they are just shouting random strings of code at each other well, yeah because um a lot of like ai chatbots and whatever that have been tried to create like they i've seen stories where some of them have to be shut down because they're too heavily influenced by people like i think some of them were um Sort of shouting like racist and sort of Nazi. Yeah, propaganda. I've heard of that. Yeah, there was one like <laughs> yeah. there was one like Twitter bot that started getting like really, really weird and racist because <laughs> people would like people would like say racist shit and like really, really edgy stuff to it in an effort to like sabotage it basically and then it started feeding it back so you could like tag it into a conversation and be like hi um you know evie how are you doing and she would say some some obscene disgusting horrible thing and um it's hilarious there's a lot of conversation to be had about an ai i think we could talk we could talk for the length of a normal episode about ai but we don't Maybe have the time we, we have we've skimmed the surface of what there is to talk about ai if you like it we can always come back to it maybe even theme a whole episode and 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 actually go into a little bit more depth on that and and about luke's caveman theory but we uh yeah for now it's time to move on to science corner Now for a more erudite experience, our regular scientific segment presented by our very own Luke Potter, Lord of the Science Corner. Luke, my friend, I do know what you have for us today, but I'd like to hear you say it. I have the NASA Perseverance rover. Um, All of my post-it notes have fallen down. This is going to be interesting. (laughs) It's going to get (laughs) worse. 
so, I'm I'm uh, off-roading today. <laughs> Training wheels off. We're going improv. This is Luke from the actual rover on Mars. <laughs> I don't have any post-it notes, so all of this shit is going to be completely unfiltered. Mars rover, let's go. Are there aliens? We don't know. <laughs> don't believe a word I say. Is that a planet? Yes. <laughs> that is what we do know. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Luke. <laughs> you carry on. Oh my god. I'm, I'm like actually dying. Um He's dead. So So uh on the on the time of the chat, yesterday, uh Thursday the eighteenth of February twenty twenty one, um at about nine PM, the NASA Perseverance rover touched down on Mars. It's crazy. It was about like a seven-month right. space journey. Jack, that was that yeah. was like that was so, so, so underwhelming. Lame. Your guys' so reaction. Lame. It's just like I touched down on Mars. Yay! Let's <laughs> do a proper reaction. Everyone, Where's get your cool clapping stuff? and get your woos ready. Three, <laughs> two, brilliant. One. Woo! Woo! I'm the only person wooing. <laughs> It would be amazing if after all that lead up, Luke goes, the Mars rover has landed on Mars. And then there's a silence. And then one of us just goes, hooray. And that's the end of Science Corner. Great. (laughs) Moving on. There's no science. Moving on. Factoids. For some trivia to end the show in our weekly segment. (laughs) It's so different from like the the videos that I've seen of like the the, the NASA HQ desk and everything. Rejoicing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like and it's, uh, it's touched down, it's fine, and everyone's like, "Yeah!" They're like it's screaming. Like the second like, coming of Jesus. Well, yeah, thing is, they it can't, is though, they cause... can't high five or hug, so they have to like punch each other with their elbows. <laughs> oh, great. Punch each other. <laughs> a brawl. <laughs> it becomes a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Yeah, punches like elbows and breaks his nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It landed like wallops, <laughs> Jeffrey. It's a punch, Maureen, in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Luke, oh what science do you have for us today? Um, so, this Mars Perseverance rover um, touched down on the Zizero Crater, I hope I'm saying that right, which is basically... Um, the an Martians ancient... are going to come and kill you because you didn't say it right. Yeah, yeah, they, they're they tracking me already. Bit racist of um, you, Luke. <laughs> not pronouncing Martian things right, mate. Yeah, I'm sorry, sir. Bit iffy, but that... you're, pro- you're problematic, mate. Yeah, you're not, you're not coming on the next episode, Luke. That's all right. Trigger warning <laughs> slash slash Marsphobic. <laughs> it's a group decision that you're no longer part of Cloud Five. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so so the Perseverance rover touched down on this ancient river delta and like which used to be a former lake. Um so mm. what I know of a delta uh, I don't know if this is correct. Um Brandon, geogra- you do yeah, geography, I'd... geology. Yeah, I know. Oh, finally, like, Brandon's geology knowledge comes know. into play. Yeah, a delta is kind of like um, the mouth of the river. It's kind of it's like a formation in an estuary. Yeah. And so this is like an ancient delta kind of thing. And so what NASA wanted to do with the uh, with the Perseverance River was they wanted to search for microbial life, mm. which. Um, which is really crazy. Um, it's going to be a little bit underwhelming the next few days because apparently NASA are just going over, like commissioning to make the rover like usable. So they have to check for like damaged hardware, download software changes, so that it becomes a rover rather than a thing flying through space, so they can like control That's it from their computers. That, that, that there is that kind of stages of 
of they have to like give it an update. Yeah. yeah bug fixes. Yeah, bug fixes. And uh, and so basically the rover uh, touched down uh, on the base, so kind of like near the middle of this Don't delta. Don't say it, Jack. Was it perhaps Luke? Um... No, 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 no. It no, wasn't. No. It, was, it, was, it, was, not. it was, was not. It was a sandy, rocky. Base. Okay. No. Stop it. It's not funny, and I hate Why, it. Super sandy why do you, you loathe it so much? Anyway, we are disc- <laughs> we are dis- keep derailing it. Shut up and let Luke talk about science. The uh, the rover's mission is going to be to uh, dig down into the soil, take soil samples, look at the rocks and everything, yes! and it's going to go yes! from the middle and it's going to work outwards. And uh, I was going to say what it wrote on the. Um, on the article, which was going from the base to the rim, I decided not to because I just thought Rover's going to give it a rim job. No, <laughs> <laughs> NASA rims Mars. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Um, so NASA chose this area because of the large amount of carbonate deposits, um, mm. and so the carbonate rocks are apparently good at trapping biological material that was present ages ago and stuff so like on earth carbonate rocks will be formed around fossils and stuff which is what i can i can i um yes you can brandon yeah. go sorry, ahead sorry i'm like edging on my seat like oh <laughs> this is li- okay so carbonate rocks um sedimentary rocks so you, that is like your limestones and stuff basically composed of the remains of algae and other sort of like the shells of creatures and stuff right so um crustaceans yeah it is incredibly easy to find life and sort of signs of life when it comes to carbonate rocks because obviously carbon is the building block of life and it was what's really exciting about this rover is with like the samples it's going to do it's going to take soil samples rock samples well they're basically going to be put in gps locations where in a couple years time nasa or possibly spacex depending if elon decides to get there quicker because he probably will because they're doing very 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 fast progress yeah he should stop focusing on microchipping apes and get up there yeah but basically (laughs) outplaying him right now in a few years time these gps locations will be visited by a probe or some form of ship that will basically come down pick them up and like relay them back to earth eventually this is where we can really begin to um like look into them because obviously there's so much you can do as a rover on mars if you bring like bringing back rocks from mars the moon like moon rock incredibly expensive goes for a lot of money a lot of uh, geologists want to look at it um for obvious reasons so mars rock especially because mars is um well because they're basically doing it around a river like a delta sediments on deltas tend to um deposit due to saline water content and a freshwater content mixing and obviously the um densities will cause a drop of um sediment this sort of is very big because it will show us microbes any form of life in the carbonate and also sort of the types of water basically giving us a really good idea of what Mars was like. And I've been going on about rocks for ages. So, Luke. <laughs> that is amazing. Have you seen the uh, Have you seen the pictures that have been broadcast? They're back so there? cool. Yeah. They're so yeah, cool. Yeah. I also saw a picture of Venus that Russia took before the thing melted. You guys yeah. 
I haven't seen that. Pop that I haven't seen that. Russia landed on Venus, took a couple of pictures, and then the thing melted. <laughs> so, but they managed to they managed to beam back the pictures before the thing yeah. melted. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. I, I have I don't think I've seen those. I do remember watching a video back back in secondary school, and it I think it was year eleven, and it really really excited me actually because it kind of instilled this realization that in our lifetime it is very likely that we will see a manned mission to Mars. True. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And that, and... to me, is is fascinating. I also heard that they want to establish a permanent base on the moon. Yeah, well, the problem... I think the moon is a lot more feasible than Mars. Oh, 100%. Obviously. Because Mars, mm-hmm. you have to... The journey to Mars is seven months. The journey to the oh. moon is a couple of days. This is, this is seven months of of the Mars rover going extremely fast. And I don't yeah. think a spaceship will be able to go that fast with people in it. Because yeah. there's just so much stuff. So It'd be like it'd be like in cartoons where they're like cheeks and jowls are like flapping about in the spaceship. <laughs> like Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. Well, because basically at the moment geologists are very, very, very like excited Turgid. because well, yeah, well, because basically, like, <laughs> NASA is probably, in a few years, when these s- samples do return, NASA is probably going to bring aboard a load of people, like biologists, chemists, geologists, anyone, all the people with these fields that are able to take these samples and really, really, really look into them and work out, like, the building blocks of these. Like, it is going to be really interesting, but that's really all we can do with Mars at the moment. A manned mission to Mars is still quite difficult, I think, because of the the long journey. It'd be seven months there for, like, what, not that long on Mars, and then seven months back. Yeah, it's a large Mm. commitment for for a manned mission to Mars. We could do the moon a lot easier. I think it's more likely to have a moon base than than a... I'm surprised we haven't done manned missions to the moon. Like, the last one was years ago. Yeah, but I guess, you know, once they've got all their tech up there... What's the point? You kind of of don't need to for any other reason than novelty. I think if they had to go up there, they would. But they they don't. Most things that can be done on the moon... So, for example, if they have to replace some technology or fix some technology or, or, or go and get some more readings or whatever... That can be done with a rover, which is not only probably less expensive and difficult than trying to send human beings into space for several days, yeah. um, but also uh, reduces the cost if the rocket explodes or crashes or <laughs> something horrible happens. There aren't three astronauts starving to death and dying horribly in the vacuum of space. Yeah, but what's more fun? You're right. What's more entertaining? <laughs> I think they'd be more inclined to do like a manned mission to the moon because they discovered water on it recently. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they, yeah, they didn't discover. They didn't discover water. They probably found some trace of water. They they didn't they didn't find. <laughs> yeah, it was the, in the, the glass. The it was in the jug. <laughs> it was in a little, a little plastic bottle of water. The the, the 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 secret moon lake that's been um, hiding on the dark side this whole time. In, they, they didn't find water. On the twenty seventh of October, twenty twenty, NASA released a sort of a statement from their Sophia Observatory where they've discovered diffuse water molecules and on the moon's sunlit surface. So there is traces of water and small deposits wow. of water on the moon. But but microscopic, right? Mm. Like not yeah, not but... to any extent that you you're not going to have like not Neil like Armstrong walking around up on the moon like with his fat like sucking Drowning. the dirt to get some sort of sustenance. Like, that's no, not but I mean, like, 
I think the reason I said it though is I think they'd be more inclined to do some form of mission to the moon because if there is water there, they can sort of investigate if there's any anything else sort of related to that water. If you get water. fish in the water, yeah, yeah. moon cod, <laughs> moon cod, <laughs> yeah, but it's a, a moon shark. Is there anything else you wanted to share, Luke? Yeah, so um, going back to what Brandon was saying about the rover itself, it has uh, microscopes attached to it and everything, so it can use microscopes and it can look into the soils that it's like driving over, but it doesn't actually have any analysis equipment apparently, so it's not mm. immediately analysed. This is going to be like really anticlimactic, so it's all going to set down, and so it's going to yeah. take these soil samples, put them in the locations to be picked up, and then we're not going to be a- actually be able to analyse them for another <laughs> few years so we're just going to get pretty pictures for now which is more than what? enough well I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say pretty <laughs> i i mean pretty shit circular fish eye gray pictures of of barren desert pretty <laughs> is interesting 100 percent pretty no 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 <laughs> oh that's venus that so george mm-hmm. has just put a picture in our discord of venus and and Whoa. i will put this in in, in the Cloud5 Community Discord. Join us, by the way, for some fun times. That is actually uh, beautiful in that a weird beautiful. way. Fascinating. So I'll describe it to the listeners who aren't going to join the Discord. The picture actually displays a kind of greyish plateau of rock and a, a yellow sky. That's like, yeah. really yellow. weird. That looks like soil that is like really grey. I want to know what that's made out of now. But yeah, this, this was moments before the thing just melted. Mm. That is amazing. That that probably got sent back, Ray, and then and then colorized, right? Yeah. yeah well, the Mars the Mars really pictures works, have been so. colorized as well. Yeah. It's a oh, it's weirdly beautiful though that picture. I don't know it why. It's amazing, and and to think that we're looking at another planet. That's another planet. And I think we're gonna start to see a lot more like this now. I think we're at a stage where we of sort of science and space exploration where we can now take really detailed photographs and stuff of these planets and we're going to start to see some beautiful things i think we are we are only just tickling the chin of space exploration right now i think mm. i think our lifetimes are going to be full of of some very very um interesting discoveries Now, ladies and gentlemen, for some trivia to end the show in our weekly segment entitled Factoids, where I read out three facts. Two are true, while one is a load of bollocks. bollocks. Oh, yeah. Bollocks. It is your job to identify the bollocks. Bollocks. This week, we have a factoid based around three subjects. Ancient Rome, Mars, and artificial intelligence. Gird your loins, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. No internet allowed. My loins have been thoroughly girded. Factoid number one. Pieces of Mars have fallen to Earth. Factoid number two. Emperor Nero murdered his wife and replaced her with a horse. (laughs) Factoid number three. Stanford University has developed an AI that can tell if you are gay just by your face. (laughs) I need to find this AI. There's some things it needs to work out about me. So please. Ladies and gentlemen, no, sorry, Brandon. Hold on. It can it can tell it can tell if you're already gay. Oh, okay. So Not, it can't it can't solve the lifelong mystery of me. Of, of, it can, this isn't an AI that can just look at your face and go, "Oh yeah, 
Oh, 100%. Gryffindor. No, you're, you're gay. It's not the you're sorting gay, you hat. You don't even know it. I was going to say, it's like the sorting hat, isn't it? Sorting hat for, for, for sexuality. <laughs> not Discuss. Gay. What do you reckon? Three facts. Um, Pieces of Mars falling to Earth. Emperor Nero replacing uh, his dead wife with a horse. And right. a gay computer. I'm confused by the Mars thing. A piece of Mars can't just fall because obviously there's like gravity on Mars. So like, how does that work? My only, my, I think the only way that could work is if a large asteroid hit Mars, causing rocks from Mars to be yeah, sent into know, the atmosphere. We'd know, we'd be sent that. into the atmosphere of and like into orbit, and then eventually it reaches Earth. But again, I think that's highly unlikely. Yeah, I think we'd have like seen that on the news if an asteroid had hit Mars. Yeah, because like you can't just have unless unless it's. I don't know if they've done a Mars mission where it's come back and it happened to have like bits of Mars on the that actual true. thing and then it just mm-hmm. fell as it came down to Earth. But wasn't there like when the Earth was forming? Well, I mean, they don't actually know. But like there's a scientific theory when like when the Earth was forming, everything was like smashing into each other, all the different planets and everything. So it could be could be something true. to do with that. Because basically like the Milky Way used to be like this huge sort of amalgamation of gas and other elements that eventually started clumping together, which then ended up forming gravity, and that's how planets form eventually. Very crude, but... So, factor number two, what do you reckon? Emperor Nero murdered his wife and replaced her with a horse. I think Nero's I the mad Emperor one. Nero, he was so... 100% anti-simp. Yeah, I, thought, I think I, he's I the mad one, so I'm just going to say that that is definitely true. Yeah, I think that's too yeah. weird to not be true. It's, false. Just... it's definitely false. Caligula had his horse was his best friend and he was going to make it a console. Nero did no such thing, so it's a false. Oh, because you know Roman history. Joe don't knows you? his history. <sighs> Joe? Joe's cracked it. Joe's located the bollock. Yeah, I'm going to go with Joe on this one. Stanford University developed an AI that can tell if you are gay just by your face. What do you reckon? I feel like there's some like serious stereo typing happening if that's <laughs> if that is the true. person who showed they should test like, it on uh... james charles and then test it on like um like shia labeouf i love how you grasp for like the least gay person you could think of <laughs> well i was gonna say like the rock but then at the same time like he's, he's pretty cool only and... non-cool people. <laughs> He's pretty cool, so he, he, must, he can't be straight. He can't be fully straight. <laughs> that was funny. So, boys, what do you reckon? We're going to have to ask you to pick. Um, oh, I, I feel really inclined to Nero now, yeah. The George? anti-simp. What do you reckon? The anti-simp. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nero as well, then. I think well, that's the bollock. Okay. I can tell you, boys... That, in the first time in Cloud Five history, all four of you have identified the bollock. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. I'm now right. I should have known better. Launcher. I forgot that Joe was such a Latin master and would have would have possibly would see <laughs> oh, through my ruse. Oh, um, your ruse. <laughs> but uh, he is absolutely hundred percent right that it was Caligula that um, was a little bit manically obsessed with his horse and actually gave it an entire estate and guard detail and actually tried <laughs> to make it a consul, which for the uninitiated is the highest office in ancient Roman public life. Um, wow. So he tried to do that to his horse. I don't know why. I don't know why he was so f- fascinated with his horse, but Caligula was a nutty fucker and also did some crazy all loony stuff like trying to build a boat of bridges so that he could conquer the sea and, and slap people with fish around like all the time. That might have I been love a whole, how this uh, is like... invention. 
Joe's common knowledge that like some Roman dude was obsessed with a horse. Like I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go through I'll go through the non bollocks first, and then I'll give you some context to the Emperor Nero because the truth behind Emperor Nero and his wife is actually possibly just as bad, if not worse. Oh no. Um so pieces of Mars have fallen to Earth. You discounted that because you think that you were like, oh, we, we would have heard about it um, on the news. This isn't recently. But uh. scientists have found tiny traces of Martian atmosphere within meteorites that have been violently ejected from Mars, um, orbited the solar system for millions of years, and then crash landed on Earth. Um, these are called Martian meteorites. And 277 meteorites on Earth have been classified as Martian. Several of them have been found to contain what they think, uh, some people think anyway, is evidence for fossilised Martian life forms a 16 million year old chunk of mars that landed in antarctica which continues to prove itself to be the coolest fucking place on earth this this 16 million year old chunk uh had cracks containing carbonate materials love some carbon implying groundwater on mars as well as tubular structures that might be nanobacteria fossils however i mean it's quite controversial um, because the existence of nanobacteria, even on Earth, is kind of disputed. But, the, you know, the structures that they found within this rock bear the right size and the right shape and the right appearance to be nanobacteria if nanobacteria do exist on Earth. So that's some pretty fun um, science stuff. I've never seen them. Come. As for this Stanford University thing, the, the AI that can... The, 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 the literal automated gaydar... What's fascinating about Gator. this? I mean, you said that it was. You said that it was. You know, it might be cancelled because people are obviously quite rightly sensitive to, to things like this. But actually, what the AI found is obviously in support of LGBTQ because you know it, it, it lends credence to the theory that sexual orientation stems from exposure to certain hormones before birth. Ergo, being gay is not a choice. You know, it's a, it's it's a, it's naturally in, inherent in people, and you know, from birth, which it is, which obviously a classic homophobic go-to is you know being gay is a lifestyle it's a choice and this this study proved that it isn't a, a computer algorithm developed by stanford university can correctly distinguish between gay or straight men 81 percent of the time and 74 percent for women the research found gay men and women tended to have more quote-unquote gender atypical features expressions and grooming styles human judges performed much worse identifying only 61 percent for men and 54 percent for women so the ai outperformed people in accurately guessing people's sexual orientation when the AI studied five images per person rather than just one, it was even more successful. 91% correct oh, wow. rate for men and 83% oh, for women, God. providing some you know, support for being gay being a, an inherent thing from birth. But also uh, its lower success rate for women also suggests that female sexuality is perhaps more fluid than male sexuality. Obviously, there's you know opinions still divided on that socially and scientifically, but this is one particular study um, using a computerized gaydar um however <laughs> it does have its limits i so i don't know what the sample size was um i didn't include that in the article that i found but um for example the study didn't include uh, people of color trans people bisexual people um so it hasn't kind of looked at the air that kind of area um and it also presents some alarming questions about you know privacy and people possibly being targeted for sexual orientation if there is a computer that can identify whether you're gay or straight just by looking at you you know that could be exploited by not fun people and could yes. also you know if you think about how many pictures of ourselves are floating around on the on the internet right now that we won't, might not even know about be conscious of you know what if if there was some great skynet like device that could target people based on sexuality and that's quite a frightening mm. prospect also like mm. what i have to say though is 
if it goes on like certain things like grooming and stuff, what about like if it like was scanning a man? Let's say like quote unquote feminine, well groomed sort of person, like man. Yeah. Yeah. And it would go, Oh, he's gay. But he's actually straight. But he's just a bit more feminine, a bit more well groomed than sort of the average That I assume leaves that gap. You know, mm. in in that because there's obviously not hundred percent accurate. So obviously there is some wiggle room in terms of of accuracy. Because you know, there's a whole list of things that found that you know, gay men tend to have narrower jaws and stuff like that. Tend to have That's stereotypically more feminine. Well, this study seems to think it is. Uh, seems to have narrower jaws, more possibly uh, more traditionally feminine features. And um, on the other hand, female uh, apparently you know lesbians tend to have um, possibly wider jaws and. And and all the, all this stuff. This is all then, the study, you know. But but it, it it may be true, it may be false. But that's what the study is presenting. Apparently. I just struggle to understand it because it makes it sound like it's genetic. Well, it's not a hundred percent. I know. 100%. I know. And this doesn't this doesn't mean that the, there is a gay gene that that is travels throughout family trees. If your dad's gay, you're gonna be gay. What it means yeah, but how is how can that... you be gay if your dad's gay and then you're not alive? Because how could what? Not necessarily, George, because because gay yeah, people gay banks. people can produce produce children the the same way other people do. You know, some people don't realise that they're gay until you know midlife. Oh, you know, yeah. some people don't. Um, Philip Schofield. Philip Schofield's got a whole family, hasn't he? He's got got biological daughters, and, uh, and and there's also like Brandon mentioned things like sperm banks and sperm donation and mm. artificial insemination and all this lovely, lovely scientific the stuff. Forbidden soup. <laughs> 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 yeah, if you want to call it that, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, this is a very, very interesting study, and you can choose to believe it or not. But I think people have found that that obviously there has to be some sort of biological basis for for being gay. There has to be some sort of trigger in terms of biology, and perhaps it, uh, I think scientists tend to agree that it is a combination of factors, a combination of hormones and genes that induce homosexuality in human beings. Um, mm. Presumably, same with other species that demonstrate homosexuality. So that's fun, uh, really exciting. Now, Emperor Nero murdering his wife and replacing her with a horse. It's bollocks. You're the bollocks. You've located Liar. the bollock. You did identify the bollock, and I'm very, very proud of you. If a little bit uh, frustrated that my my, my yeah, bollock. I thought I was really clever with the horse thing because I thought one of you might go, oh, I did hear a thing about an emperor and a horse, so I think it's probably Nero. And you did fall into my trap initially because you were like, Nero was the nutcase, wasn't he? He's probably true. But Joe swooped in with his knowledge. Well, Nero's wife, Poppea Sabina, um, died supposedly in childbirth, although it was later rumoured that Nero kicked her to death, like the fun, charming (laughs) gentleman that he was. Imagine being kicked to death. (laughs) You just had a child and you're like, oh my God, come see the baby. Okay. No, 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 kicked her to death while pregnant. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Really, really disturbing stuff. He was an absolute psychopath. And and he is displayed in a comedic light in a lot of ways, but this guy was truly awful. Uh, he was the same guy that would douse Christians in tar and position them around his house like candles. He was, he was oh, no. evil, evil man. <laughs> Two years later, uh, post-wife death, he married <laughs> a young man named Sporus, whom he had castrated and paraded around in public appearances dressed as his dead wife. Wow. Oh my god. He had a he had the the sporus addressed as empress uh, and using the titles that befitted an empress of of that time. Some think that Nero used his marriage to Sporus to assuage the guilt he felt for kicking his pregnant wife to death, while others, uh, such as Dio Cassius, wrote that Sporus bore an uncanny resemblance to his deceased wife, uh, and Nero actually called him by her name 
which is weird. There's some weird that psychological weird. thing going on there. This is this is disturbingly common in ancient Rome. They did there was this practice. I, there is a Latin term for um, such young men who were and pos- and sometimes boys uh, who were castrated and became these kind of uh, sexual partners for, for older men. And I don't think there was the same taboo around it back then as there was as there is rightfully now. But this was this was quite a common thing. Sporus uh, is probably a, a, a quite a natural part of life. But after Nero's death. It didn't end there for Sporus. He was involved with uh, Nymphidus Sabinus, who was a Praetorian prefect um, who'd actually betrayed Nero. Uh, Salvation? No. Nymphidus also treated him as a wife and called him Poppea, (laughs) the same name as Nero's wife. So he he could not escape the the garb of this dead woman. (laughs) And um, Nymphidus actually later tried to make himself emperor, but was killed by his own guardsmen, which is possibly telling as to the kind of person that he was. Sporus' mm. final partner in life was the short-lived Emperor Otho, who was emperor for three months, um, and whose victorious three rival... Three months. Three months. Yeah, there was a whole... There was a stream of, like, four emperors who ruled for ridiculously tiny amounts of time. Um, but his, Otho's victorious rival intended to use Sporus as a victim in a gladiator show, but Sporus killed himself before that could happen. So... Oh. That's the really quite tragic story of Sporus, <laughs> the, the freedman who was castrated and became Nero's wife. That's fun. Oh, poor guy. Shame. Yeah, really poor guy. Genuinely. Like, that's... I, I mean... <laughs> fuck me. That's awful. You would have ended it earlier, surely. I would have done that, yeah. sleep Rather yeah. than sleep with Nero. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nero was a, was a nutbag, um, and he did have a lot of other rumoured sexual um, aberrations. He I think he had... Uh, he was involved in an incestuous relationship with his mother. I think he... Oh, what um, the hell? I think oh, my he, God. I think he... I think he <laughs> raped a, a Vestal Virgin. If you know what a Vestal Virgin is, they are the guardians of the flame in Roman uh, culture. They were supposed to serve the goddess of the hearth, whose name was Vesta. Um, I forgot, and it's Hestia in Greek. Yeah, he he was a he was a terrible predator and pervert in all ways. But so were most emperors. I mean, you'd be lucky to find an emperor who was a you know what we would consider today to be a normal person. They were all weird, all of them. Every single one. Oh, Every friend. single one of them. Romans were fucking batshit. All of them. That does it for this week's episode of Cloud 5. We hope you've enjoyed our nonsensical ramblings and perhaps even learned something fun or disturbing or both. If you have any questions, facts, <laughs> corrections or silliness to send our way, you can contact us at cloud5cast at gmail.com, leave a comment on the Cloud 5 Podcast YouTube channel or tweet us at cloud5cast or use the hashtag cloud5. These are so many different ways that you can get involved. Join our Discord server. Uh, we may have mentioned it once or twice. Uh, that would be, del- it would be delightful <laughs> if, you, if you came in we'll be posting up all the links to all of the wonderful knowledge and uh, pictures we've been talking about and referencing today uh, on there so um, yeah we covered a lot of ground as per norm we talked about Rome we talked about uh, penises we talked about AI we talked about Mars uh, we also talked about bears in people's <laughs> toilets bears. <laughs> yeah bears and ferrets I thought the ferrets was going to be a running gag and it thankfully was not but it was a little bit and then it died down.
It did die down. I think Brandon kind of realised that maybe the the you know the shelf life of they the became... ferret joke. Oh no, not the ferrets! Long. I forgot about the ferrets. No, oh, you, actually, <laughs> you actually forgot about them. What we're gonna do? What I'm gonna do, Brandon, is I'm actually gonna uh, take a segment of you talking about ferrets and just insert it at random points throughout the episode, and do it. then do it. The whole world will be better off. Name this episode Brandon's Ferret Army. Yeah. Well, um, I hope you have all enjoyed yourselves i have and um we shall see you next week if we're lucky goodbye au revoir bye babies bye 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 people bye